Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Renew Your Mind podcast. I'm your host, business and mindset coach, Kieran Lenahan. Happy New Year to you and your loved ones. 2022 is off to a hot start in our household. My wife, Dana, just officially launched her business as a birth doula, which is incredible. I shared a bit about this and why I'm so excited for her and the moms and families that she's going to be helping on my Instagram at some point over the weekend. Uh, She launched on January 1st, and so she's really setting the bar high for us right from the get-go. But seriously, we are incredibly excited for 2022 in our household. We're praying for the potential adoption of our foster son to happen this year. I have something cooking up in the business that I hope to be launching later this year that, honestly, I, I can't even express how excited I am for it. Anytime I think about it, my palms start sweating and I get the excited, jittery feeling. Um, you all, trust me, will be the first to know about it, but I'll give you one one clue and plant this one seed. This episode has something to do with what I'm talking about. That's all I can say for right now. Last week, we spent some time talking about the importance of reflection and how it's the key that takes experience and turns it into insight. Today, instead of looking backwards at 2021, I actually want to look ahead and We're not even talking about 2022 goals or who you're going to become in 2022. If you want help thinking through those types of questions, then I definitely recommend heading back and listening to episode two on goal setting and episodes five and six on identity and this question of who you are becoming. And for those of you that have just joined us, maybe this is your first or your second episode tuning into the podcast. I highly encourage you to actually head back to episode zero even and listen all the way through to today. In the early episodes, we talked about some of the foundational topics that are just going to help you get even more value from every episode moving forward. People have shared with me time and time again how much the early episodes really impacted them and their entrepreneurial journey. So I highly recommend going back and listening to those if you haven't already. But today, what I want to do is cast a vision, not just for 2022, but what I see over the next decade and beyond, specifically for faith-driven entrepreneurs and the role that I think we are being invited to play in the world. And so I almost think about this episode as a rallying call. I want you to walk away from this captivated by the opportunity of entrepreneurship to be a vehicle to do God's work. So today... Here's what I want to get deep in your heart as a follower of Jesus and what I want to stir in your mind and your spirit as an entrepreneur. God has invited us as faith-driven entrepreneurs to participate in his redemptive work in the world. And entrepreneurship has tremendous capacity to be used by God to advance his kingdom and to redeem broken things in the world. And so today I want to help you see this invitation that has always been there for all people, which is to partner with God and his work to restore the world. And I also want to help you see that specific to entrepreneurship and specific to our time in history, we have great reasons to be excited and hopeful about the redemptive opportunities that we have in our businesses today. And so my prayer is that as you listen, God gives you even just a flash or a flicker of a vision for what this means for you individually. And I hope that you see in a fresh way how God wants to use you and your business specifically to serve the world and to put things back together. 
So here's the roadmap for today. I want to start off with some definitions around redeem and redemptive, and then pull out some patterns from scripture. Then I want to talk about what is this concept of redemptive entrepreneurship. We're going to borrow from our friends at Praxis Labs and their thought leadership. When I say God wants to use us as agents of redemption to redeem broken things in the world, what do I actually mean by that? And then what we're going to do is go through some real practical examples of how we can do this in our businesses. And then we're going to wrap up with why I think today in 2022, we have a unique call and a unique opportunity to be agents of redemption and restoration through our businesses. So first, let's just define this word redeem, right? So the root word of redemptive is redeem and redeem is a verb and a couple of definitions that I pulled out here. The first is to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. And the second is to pay the necessary money to clear a debt. And so we're going to dive a little bit more into this in a second, but this theme of redemption is something that we see play out all throughout the Bible from start to finish, literally from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. In many ways, the entire Bible is a redemption story, but there are a few places where this is most obvious and The two that I'll just talk about today, I'm not even going to read actual scripture. The two that I'm going to talk about are from Judges and then what we see in the person of Jesus. And so in the book of Judges, there's this redemption cycle, this cycle that just plays out over and over and over again. And if you go back and read the book of Judges, it'll become very clear the pattern that you see. It feels like you're reading the same story over and over again. And at a high level, the pattern goes like this. First, there's faithfulness to God by the leader and the people. Then there's forgetting and drifting, seeking identity in other places, idolatry. Then things start to go poorly. People then seek and cry out to God. And in God's mercy, again and again, we see he welcomes the people back into right relationship with him. And so I encourage you to go back and and read this and look for this theme of redemption anytime you're reading scripture, because you're going to find it. And then in the person of Jesus, obviously, this is the most obvious and most ultimate example of redemption. The fact that he became human, the life that he lived, the death that he died, and the fact that he raised to life again is the ultimate example and the ultimate thing that restored our relationship with God, right? And so as we think back to that definition of redeem, of regaining possession of something, through Jesus and his sacrifice, God regains possession of us but only through the payment of a debt that we weren't capable of paying ourselves. God loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his only son to restore us to right relationship with him. And so what the heck does this have to do with entrepreneurship? What does it mean to be redemptive in the entrepreneurial world? And I want to read a description uh, from Praxis Labs and what they've coined as this term, redemptive entrepreneurship. And in my opinion, they're, they're a world-class organization, thought leaders. They're just some of the best people to be learning from in the faith and entrepreneurship space. And so this is, this is directly from their website. I'll quote it and I'll link to it in the show notes. But this is a, a quote of their description of redemptive entrepreneurship. And so here's what they say. Redemption is an economic term that means to buy back something or someone to restore it to its rightful place. Wherever there is loss, brokenness, unfairness, injustice, waste, or harm, 
and someone willingly enters into the situation by bearing a cost or taking a risk to help the person, resource, or system to be restored or repaired, that's redemptive action, which normally requires the creation of some new product, expression, model, or norm. And this core redemptive pattern, creative restoration through sacrifice, not only describes Jesus's work to save the world, but also our daily work, especially as people of faith, to serve the world. It gives shape to our mission as those who have been written into the greater redemptive story through no merit of our own. End quote. So we've been written into the greatest redemptive story ever through no doing of our own. And God invites us to extend that same love and grace to the world through the creation of products and services and taking on risk of starting a business ultimately to restore, repair, and redeem broken things in society. So again, listen to that list. Wherever there's loss, brokenness, unfairness, injustice, waste, or harm, if you look around the world, in your industry, in the lives of the clients that you serve, these things are all around us, which means there is redemptive opportunity all around us. So hopefully that gives you enough of a picture right now of what redemptive action, what redemptive entrepreneurship means. And we're going to spend some time later in this episode talking about some specific examples of what that might look like. But the point is, entrepreneurship is a vehicle and a really good one through which we can respond in love to the brokenness of the world. I've talked about in the past about the depth of the impact that Jesus had on the people he spent time with during his ministry. And I've compared that to this idea that's prevalent in our culture that if you're not helping people at scale, like millions or billions of people, it's not cool or worth it or newsworthy or worthwhile. But part of the reason that I love service-based businesses so much, and in some ways have fell out of love with this romantic idea of building a unicorn, a multi-billion dollar tech startup, is because the touch points that we have as service-based business owners, the touch points we have with clients and customers and vendors are so customized and intimate and real-time and oriented towards an individual's needs, kind of like how Jesus interacted with people. And there's a depth of love that can be shown in that more intimate kind of interaction that just isn't the same as an interaction that somebody might have with the company Apple when they buy an iPhone online. And to be clear, that's no shade uh, thrown at Apple or at e-commerce companies or the interaction of buying a physical product. But my point is that in service-based businesses, we get really unique and intimate opportunities to interact with people. And I think that presents so many amazing opportunities for us to show the love of Jesus through the business that we do, through the services that we provide, even without ever saying the name Jesus. Last episode, I talked about the example of dropping a rock straight down into a pond and how that creates bigger, further reaching ripples than a rock that is skipped across the surface of the water. And I think that if we as service-based entrepreneurs focus on creating deep impact with a smaller group of people, We're actually getting back to the way that the early church grew and the way that the gospel spread throughout the world. 
And again, this isn't to say that this isn't possible to do at scale or that scale is bad. I'm actually saying that I think the path to scale should first go through this deep, deep impact with a smaller group of people before moving on to scale, right? The movement of Jesus today has reached scale. 2.3 billion people in the world are Christian. I would, I would venture to say that that is scale, but it did not get there right from the start. So for service-based entrepreneurs, you want to first focus on depth of impact before looking to scale. So what are some examples of how we can be redemptive in our service-based businesses? I want to run through a bunch of different examples in a number of different areas of our businesses just to get your mind going. So first, maybe the most obvious one, we provide products and services that are valuable and that actually improve people's lives, whether it be mentally, emotionally, financially, physically, spiritually. The products and services themselves are solving a problem and redeeming something broken and restoring something to the way that it's supposed to be, right? I have clients whose businesses help people overcome individualized strongholds when it comes to food and nutrition and taking care of their bodies. Another client helps mothers develop stronger relationships with their teenage daughters. Imagine the ripple effects of women out there in the world with a strong role model and a strong relationship with one of the people closest to them. Another way we can be redemptive, and this is honestly one of my favorites, we can create jobs. I could just stop there, but we can create jobs that help provide a living and allow people to support their families. When I started my business, I didn't even think about the potential of creating jobs and how cool that would be. And now it's one of the things that I'm most excited for within probably the next year, year and a half to hire employees and provide meaningful work and a dignified work environment that also allows employees to be there for their families, right? Employing people means that you get to do so many different things to bless them. You can pay them above market wages. You can invest in their development as people. You can just treat them well. You can offer generous time off and benefits. You can match donations that they make to nonprofits. You can, the, the possibilities are endless when you have employees that you're stewarding, that you're taking care of, and that you're leading. I have clients who are commercial real estate agents and marketing firm CEOs who employ dozens of people. And they have opportunities to bless employees through their business practices and their policies and their benefits. How cool is that? Beyond generosity to our employees, we can generate wealth to be redistributed to ministries and organizations who also do redemptive work in the world? Who doesn't wish that they could increase their giving tenfold to organizations close to their heart who are helping people struggling with meeting their basic needs like food and shelter? We can also be generous in our local communities through the income that our business produces. We can use wealth to support families who want to adopt children in our town. We can help families and small businesses rebuild after a fire like the ones that just happened in Colorado, or a hurricane causes damage to property. We can give a tenant in a rental property that we own a month rent-free. Wealth is a tool, and we'll dive into the topic of money very soon, but wealth is a tool that opens up so many fun opportunities to bless others. We can also be generous to our clients, 
over-delivering on what we promise, being loving in every interaction with them, whether it's via email or in a Zoom meeting. We can send personalized gifts or make introductions to people that would bless them or give them 100% of our undivided attention whenever we talk to them. I'm just going to keep rattling off some ideas. We get to be an example of what it looks like to run a thriving business whose loyalty isn't only to the financial bottom line of the business. We can carry around a joy and a peace that when we hop onto a Zoom call, other people can just feel it and sense it. And God can even use that to plant a seed and cause that person to ask you or ask somebody, what's different about that person? We can put countercultural business practices on display, like observing Sabbath and setting up out-of-office email responses and setting clear boundaries that you don't answer calls or emails after a certain time so that you can be with your family. We can market our services without fear-mongering or over-promising or creating false scarcity or hyperbolic language and exaggerating results in our copy. We can pray for our clients behind their backs. And I don't mean walk behind them and pray for them in a really weird way. I mean, pray for them without them knowing it. Or pray for them and let them know that you've been praying for them. Remember back to the definition or the description of redemptive entrepreneurship that I pulled from Praxis Labs. Creative restoration through sacrifice. Entrepreneurship is about the creation of services and products and experiences that solve problems and add value to people's lives. When we create anything, whether it's products and services or websites and content or videos and graphics, we are reflecting the creative capacity of the creator and we are serving and loving the people who interact with us. And so these Everything that I just listed, these are some opportunities that we have to be agents of redemption and restoration and love in the world through our businesses. But these are just what I came up with in the last 30 minutes. And so there are 100% many more opportunities for you to love your clients, your customers, your audience, your employees, and even yourself and your family through your business. And so look for these opportunities. Now, lastly, Let's talk about why today specifically, I think we have some unique opportunities to love and restore the world through business. And this is actually a cultural moment where I'm really excited about the possibility of the impact that faith-driven entrepreneurs can have in the world. And here's the main reason for my excitement. I think the impact and the influence that we will all have on our culture, both the, the broader culture, big picture, but also the culture of entrepreneurship is increasing. According to the Global Entrepreneurship Monitor, there are 31 million entrepreneurs in the U.S. today, which represents about 16% of the adult workforce. In the U.S., in July of 2020, the number of applications for starting a business reached all-time highs and increased 95% compared to the same period in 2019. Obviously, the pandemic contributed a lot to that, but the point is, more than ever, My guess is that you're probably meeting people who are running their own businesses or who at least have a side hustle. And I think this trend is going to continue. Polls have shown upwards of three quarters of millennials have a desire to work for themselves. And I don't think Gen Z is going to reverse that trend. Access to technology and information needed to start a business has never been this easy. And it's only going to get easier. 
If you have a smartphone, you can run a business for close to free. Thanks to the internet and things like social media, people providing services that used to be constrained by geography can now reach a much wider market. And so there are naturally going to be a lot of newcomers to the world of entrepreneurship. And as that happens, they will inevitably be looking for examples of how to do business, of how to build products and services, how to sell and market, and how to manage employees. What if all entrepreneurs, regardless of whether or not they follow Jesus, took their cues from us? What if we were examples worth following? Imagine if we found creative ways to build redemption into our business models that captivated the attention and hearts of other entrepreneurs and of our larger culture. One amazing example of this is a company called Nextdoor Photos, who employs previous victims of human trafficking in countries like the Philippines, Kenya, and Nepal to do photo editing for residential real estate. Uh, Not only do they train them in 21st century skill sets like photo editing, but they provide stable, consistent work, which provides economic stability, which then creates stability of living situation, which then dramatically improves safety and lessens the risk of human trafficking. Did you know that providing stable employment is actually one of the best and most effective ways to prevent human trafficking and to break that cycle? Yeah, this blew my mind when I first heard it. Entrepreneurship and business can actually be one of the most important pieces of the puzzle to end human trafficking. When you outsource or admin or graphic design or any other type of work in your business, think about how you can do that in a way that's creative and redemptive, right? Imagine if we just all had these different types of examples and then people caught word of it and that practice started to spread and it became the cultural norm. Imagine if faith-driven entrepreneurs were setting the gold standard and the norms of what it means to be a service-based entrepreneur, of how to treat employees and clients and vendors with love, of how to work diligently while leading families well and supporting the local community, of how to rest as well as they work. Part of my mission is equipping faith-driven entrepreneurs to be examples of how to do business. Imagine if there were just a few thousand of us making up that 31 million entrepreneur figure in the U.S. Imagine that we ran our businesses in such a way that we actually shaped the norms and standards of the rest of those entrepreneurs. Imagine what would be possible. I can't help but think back to the early church, which started with 12 and then 20 and then 50 and then 100 people and eventually shaped much of the Western world. I don't know about you, But that vision of faith-driven entrepreneurs living and doing business like that in the world today, I find it compelling. That's a world that I want to live in. So let's wrap up. God has invited us as faith-driven entrepreneurs into the redemptive work that he's doing in the world. He's looking for willing partners to engage in creative restoration through sacrifice. With the kinds of services and products that we provide, And with more and more people coming into entrepreneurship, we have some really unique opportunities today in 2022 and beyond to be agents of restoration in our world. So look for redemptive opportunities in your business. Look for opportunities to bless others. We aren't going to save the world, but through our lives and through our businesses, we get to point people to the one who did save it. Imagine a country, a world full of redemptive entrepreneurs and how that could shift the tide 
of culture. Ask God to show you what this means for you in your entrepreneurial journey and in your business. And if this episode deeply resonated with you, I want to encourage you to share this with one person that you think should hear this. And if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss any episodes in the future. Stay plugged in with this community. There's much more to come on this. Happy New Year, and I will see you next week on the Renew Your Mind podcast. Mm -hmm.